Hey, how you doing? My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here to invite you to head on over to the 143 Podcast Network to check out all our shows that range from collecting, music, all things geek, all under one roof, right here on the 143 Podcast Network, partnering with Age of Radio. Check us out. All right, all right, here we go. This is the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, and once again, this is Trade Negotiations. This time on Trade Negotiations, I'm going to be talking about Extremity, Volume 1. Artist is the title of it. Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. You may recognize those names from such works as Murder Falcon. And, yeah, that's 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 about all I know them from. <laughs> but I will say one thing. Murder Falcon is my favorite comic story ever written. So naturally, when I found out uh, that there's a two-part trade paperback story called Extremity, written by Daniel Warren Johnson and cover- colored by Mike Spicer... Naturally, I gotta get on that ship. And, oh, dude, this this book did not disappoint. It is still so fucking metal. <laughs> it really is. These, uh, yeah, there, nothing about this is disappointing. It is hardcore and extreme from beginning to end. I think when the book was pitched to me, I was at the, uh, the image stand at Denver Pop Culture Con, and I went up there, and I was actually looking for Murder Falcon t-shirts, and they said, oh, no, here's the website, but have you heard of Extremity? And that's when they explained, okay, this is what this is. But he pitched it to me as the Jetsons meet Game of Thrones. And <laughs> if that's not intriguing, I don't I don't know. It could, yeah, that, that's, that's intriguing. There's no if, there's not about it. Well, I'll be dipped. <laughs> that's... Not really what this kind of is. I get a very Game of Thrones type vibe to it. Uh, it's it's hardcore. It's extreme. No motherfucker safe. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of got a, a space vibe to it. It does take place in space, uh, but with a bit of a, a medieval type of uh, almost like a savage type of theme to it. So it's. It's just such a cool fucking concept. So, getting on with the story here. The beginning of the book is... It's the, the Roto clan. That is the clan that the, the, the story revolves around. And they're attacked by the Poznina. I think I'm saying that improperly. But that's how I'm going to be saying it, is Poznina. And they're these brutal motherfuckers, and they come in, and what we do is we witness Jerome, who is the main character, um, almost like the Ned Stark figure, if you will, uh, to give you a bit of an idea. Um, at least that's what I got out of it. Anyways, so Jerome, he, he witnesses the murder of his wife, and uh, one of the generals cuts off the hand of his daughter, Thea, and the reason why that's significant is because Thea is an artist, hence the title of the, the book, Artist. Or the volume, I mean. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so she's no longer able to draw, and at this point in time, essentially what this is, is this is a revenge book. Jerome seeks out blood, and he's doing it with the help of his daughter, Thea, who now has a replaced arm, 
and his son, Rolo. Not to be confused with the Roto clan. Uh, I, yeah, but yeah, no, Rolo is the son. Their first, their first uh, mission, if you will, is to track down the treasure Asmin. Asmin, uh, he was he was there during the massacre, and when they track him down, now keep in mind they don't just go there. Uh, they're, they're, they these artists do an amazing job of creating all types of pages with very little dialogue. It's but with so many panels of just montages of blood and guts and gore and fucking violence all over the place. And that's what I mean when I say this book is metal, man. It is. Ugh, you could totally tell. <laughs> uh, oh, it's. I, I, I feel the murder falcon in it, but it's not. doesn't have that lightheartedness at all. This is pure dark. So yeah, now they get to uh, they get to the treasure, Asmin, and when they do, um, you you see that when Jerome goes to, they call him Abba Jerome. I'm not sure what the the, the title Abba means, but the clan's people, he he is their leader. Uh, he and he wears this really cool skull type of mask thing, and he he collects all the teeth of his victims and adds it to this thing. So it's just this giant helm of teeth. <laughs> it's, it's fucking brutal, man. So when he gets to Asmin, he starts pulling out his teeth, and you can see him adding it to his uh, helm. Oh, it's, but he asks, he asks Rolo to take Asmin's hands uh, to, to honor what happened to Rolo's sister, Thea. Well, just as Rolo's getting ready to refuse, Thea, Thea steps up, takes the axe, and just boom, cuts off the hands. And then he's left there with this note saying, you know, to the the queen of the Paznina, um, uh, Nim, Queen Nim is her name, but we'll get to her later. So now it's next up on the list of uh, revengeness. Uh, that's good words. So, uh, this is a society now, Before I guess before I continue on, this is a society... To put more things more in perspective of the this scenario, uh, the after the the invasion of the Roto clan by the Pesnina, and well, they they didn't just come in and you know to take the hands of an artist and to kill Jerome's wife. Uh, they they took his castle, his his whole everything, his yeah. And the whole clan was left to pretty much just be scavengers. And that's how they survive now. So, and their, their ship is their only hope of survival. Well, one of the, the parts burned out. So now we get this scenario where after, you know, the death of... As, or not the death. The, uh, the cutting of the hands of Asmin. They, uh, now they gotta find parts for, for their ship to get it going. And while doing so, while scavenging, they stumble upon this, sum this something they call a small god. And it's kind of like a robot. It's, well, it's mostly robot, but there's thought to be possible organic parts in it. But really what it is, is a super high-tech, advanced piece of machinery, or tech, designed to just be a killbot, is what it is. 
and when they stumble upon it, it kind of like wakes up a little bit and it makes this, like this little alarm goes off. And when it does, it attracts a leviathan. So boom, there's leviathan, leviathans in this motherfucker. So a leviathan's coming at him. Well, the rest of the Roto clan say, peace, we got to protect this ship. Um, you know, what little, I mean, it's, yeah, we, we got, we got to go. Well, in doing so, Jerome and his kids, they're not really kids, they're young adults, but yeah, his youngins are left behind, but that's all by design, really. Um, the, the, they all know and understand that they got to protect the asset that is the ship. They're capable warriors. Well, maybe not capable enough, because this Leviathan's about to eat them. <laughs> and the the small god, if you will, steps up, fucks this leviathan up without ease. Or with, with ease, I mean. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, what happens from there, pretty much, is they... they they give it a name. They realize that the name Shiloh was written on it, and that's I guess that's just an acronym for something. That's the type of machine that it is, or something. They don't really explain it. At least that I catch. Uh, but they, from now on, it's just called Shiloh. And then we go over to Queen Nim, and her getting the message. Uh, they get a handless, toothless Asman drugan with the note saying, "Have at thee, bitch." <laughs> and sh we meet the the queen's daughter, Anora, and she's apparently been preparing for this whole moment her entire life, or seemingly. I don't know. She looks like a badass bitch, though. Ready to fuck some shit up. So we get we get that little glimpse. Totally sudden. <laughs> I can't believe this whole story is going to be told in so few pages. But they do such a good job. So then we get this real quick moment of uh, a bonding between Jerome and Thea. And he, Jerome notices that Thea is still drawing, but she's now she's drawing with her left hand. And she's like, ah, it's not as good as it used to be. And we get the, kind of this lighthearted moment, probably the only lighthearted moment in the whole book where his, uh, Jerome goes to draw the same wolf. And it looks more like a man bear pig. <laughs> and he's like, see, it's, this is, you're, you're so much better than you give yourself credit for. I'm proud of you, young, and you're kicking ass, you're a badass warrior, bitch, and you draw good? Shit. Uh, but th that doesn't mean much until you realize the, the distance that occurs between he and uh, Rolo. And we'll get to that in a second. And that's really the only reason why that's significant, that little scene. Otherwise, I don't think that Daniel Warren Johnson would have thrown it in at all. He would have found some other way. Granted, yes, the, the name of the volume is Artist, but I think he would have found some other way to incorporate the artist thing in there without it being a sad, sappy moment. No, not sad, sappy, my bad. Uh, a light-hearted, touching, warm moment. You see what I'm getting at. So then we go back over to Shiloh. And the clan, I, I want to stop calling them the clan, <laughs> the Rotos are, uh, they're, they're, they're digging all in it, and they, they, that's when they discover, oh, maybe a little bit of this is organic, maybe it's some sort of bioplasma that we're not aware of, who knows what this shit is. But then they also notice he's got a self-terminate button on there, so, uh, foreshadowing much? 
And then we also touch on the fact that the reason why they're having to study it is because Shiloh is cooperative and as helpful as it is to the Rotos. Uh, it's also uh, lacking a whole lot of memory. All it really knows is that it's a kill robot. So from there, you get uh, <laughs> this cool moment where, uh, at first I was confused, but it, it all <laughs> so fucking metal. So remember that Lyoth, Leviathan that attacked? Well, somehow, someway, uh, Jerome gets his hands on a little baby leviathan. And Jerome's aware that the Paznina are getting ready to invade, specifically General Brynar. And I'll get to the significance of General Brynar in just a moment. But, <laughs> oh shit, it's crazy. So he launches, via catapult, this leviathan at the Paznina... And what it does is it, it attracts an adult leviathan. So this entire invading army on the Rotos are now hindered by a full-grown leviathan coming at them uh, in mommy mode and uh, advantage Rotos. <laughs> so uh, we then we get this moment where you know where all all of the the you know the can Jerome and Rolo. And Thea show up along with uh, Shiloh, and Shiloh's just tearing through motherfuckers with with ease. I mean, we saw what it did to the Leviathan back in the beginning. I mean, it damn near cut it, cut it in half. It halved it. It halved it in two. So yeah, it, it just goes through these Pesnina like nothing. But then it has this moment of regret. Once again, I'll get more to that in just a second. First, we go back over to old Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Jesus, General Brynar. And uh, he's now in the custody of Jerome. And he, the, the whole point of going after Brynar specifically, that whole grudge, is because Brynar's the one that held down Thea when she got her drawn hand cut off. So he hands the axe over to uh, her brother Rolo and says, do this for your sister. Cut both these motherfuckers' hands off. Do it. Or no, no, never mind. He doesn't want to cut his hands off. He just wants them to die. That's what it is. Uh, just cut them in half <laughs> is what he's asking. And he he refuses. He, he doesn't want to. And then we get this, this look of just... Pure disappointment in Jerome's eyes, and that's where we get that, and that's why that moment of connectingness between Thea and Jerome is so important because uh, of the disconnection that it happens right here when Rolo essentially just doesn't want to uh, um, be able to do what it takes to revengeify his sister. <laughs> Me and my made-up words, Jesus Christ. So. Thea takes it, and she, she, boom, right down the fucking face, no problem. And what this is kind of setting up is the, the brutal personality that Thea's developing. She's becoming a cold-blooded fucking killer. She's a warrior, you know, she's her, her daddy's daughter, so naturally she's got it in her, it's in her blood, but it's really starting to show. So then we go back over to, uh, uh, 
old Shiloh. And he's standing there in his regret, not really wanting to be a part of all this massacre anymore. And he realizes, hey, I got the self-terminate button. I'm going to go push it. But before he could, can, Rolo's ass comes flying at him and says, no, you can't do this. We're going to be close and friends, and yeah. <laughs> so that's that, that relationship is getting set up. I think Rolo's the one that initially discovered Shiloh to begin with. So, yeah. Uh, it's, there's, it's, I, there's a relationship there for sure, and it's definitely going to be uh, much more significant in a second. But next up on the list is old Dag. Now, Dag is the guy that actually killed Jerome's wife. So, saving him for almost last, right? Well, the significance with Dag is he has this ability, he, he can, hoards these giant beasts and he's able to control them with this device, um, but that's, that, that'll come into play more. Really, they, they bring it up and then to, what, what happens, essentially, I guess I could explain that better than, <laughs> so Jerome, when he confronts Dag, Dag says, dude, I'm sorry, man, I've changed, I have all the regret in the world, um, yeah, and Jerome says, oh, you and your beasts, and Dag says, well, I'm not gonna release them on you, and Dag says, I don't give a fuck, that's your mistake, essentially, in, in less words, and we get a really cool, I don't know, like, nine, twelve panel fight <laughs> between a couple of pages between the two, and just as Jerome's getting ready to smash his head in with the rock, Dag's wife, uh, Jessica, shows up, and she interferes, and she's a badass warrior too. So there's, yeah, there's, she ain't she ain't no punk. So she interferes, and uh, Shiloh at this point in time, it's, it's his duty to step up. And they both recognize each other, and from where we don't know, but we do know that there's uh, it, it causes Shiloh to hesitate, and when he hesitates and refuses to directly kill Jessica. That pisses Jerome off like a motherfucker. And yeah, so after the the not killing of uh, Jessica, Jerome he takes Dag and Jessica prisoner, and he has plans to actually terminate Shiloh. For pretty much insubordination, you know, if you're not, if you're gonna refuse to fight without hesitation, then you're essentially worthless. You're a fucking traitor. Well, Rolo's not gonna let that happen. He goes and warns Shiloh and says, "We got to escape." Well, back to Jerome before he finds all that out, and when you find out what happens there, whew, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, he's got Dag and Jerome prisoner, and. Uh, he's trying to get information out of Dag, so he's slowly pulling out his teeth, as he does, and he's torturing him. He gets Thea to keep cutting him and all this other shit, and he's just not talking. And the information he wants is pretty much uh, uh, how to get to the Queen, Queen Nim, is what I gather out of this. There's some sort of code or something. I'm not 100... Oh, that's what it is. It's the code to unlock the beast. That's what it is. So... um. Yes, for whoever, for whoever has this code is able to control these beasts. 
When he refuses to give up this code, he pulls out his wife and says, well, what if, if you're not going to talk by me torturing you, what if I just killed your wife? And he says, okay, no, he gives him the codes, and then he cuts the wife's throat anyways, just to be like, aha, gotcha, bitch, because of what you did to my wife and all, remember? Remember that? <laughs> so he makes him witness that for a few moments, but not long. He, he really says, I'm granting you mercy by killing you now. You don't have to live with the pain that I've been living with my whole life. You, you, you just get a fucking burn in hell, motherfucker. So um, he kills him. And then he finds out that old Rolo took off. And he casts him out. Nope, you ain't no son of mine, motherfucker. Peace, bitch. But meanwhile, or right after all that, the Pesnina attack by surprise. Um, and even though, even though Jerome now has access and control of these beasts, and by beasts, what I mean to say is giant, massive, killer, praying mantis-type creatures. And I'm sure we're going to see so many more types of um, beasts. Uh, but really, the main one is the, the one that... Jerome is writing, and that's that's the type of massiveness it is. <laughs> He's writing a giant praying man is just fucking shit up. But unfortunately, it's not enough, because uh, the, the Pesnina, they 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 ha they have this crazy gunfire that's just taking out all of the Rotos just way too fast, and Jerome knows the only way that they can win this battle is if. He sends Thea up there with these bombs to blow up the ship. So when she goes up there to do this, she realizes that they have her brother prisoner. And she has to make this split-second decision. Do I blow up this ship and kill my brother and make Daddy the uh, future tyrant? At first, we kind of liked his ass, but now he's turning into this tyrant seemingly the way he's acting towards his kids and he how you know if you're not if you're not with me you're against me i guess that's not really a tyrant type of thing but damn those are your kids son <laughs> but, uh, fucking he uh she she doesn't she doesn't blow up the ship she saves her brother instead well jerome finds that out and says look what you've done we have lost this battle we are fucked this is all your fault bitch slaps her around for a little bit uh, it's oh and then Rolo steps up and says, Dad, you can't do that. And that ain't good. <laughs> but, yeah, he casts her out, too. And they're, 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 on, their, they're on their own. Uh, it's, he's fucked. And that's kind of the last we see of him in this volume. I have a feeling the next volume is going to follow him heavily, especially since it's called Warrior. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, meanwhile, these kids, they're, they're pretty much left to die. And the um, uh, Pesnina, uh, the, the Queen's men, show up and they, they recognize the, the, the two kids as Jerome's uh, son and daughter. And they're like, oh, let's have some fun with these motherfuckers. <laughs> and, well, what ends up happening is... The uh, uh, fucking uh, family friend that we kind of see a couple of times spread throughout this book, and he's mostly the the main panel we see him in is when he's kind of confiding with 
Jerome for just a minute in the beginning of the book, and he lifts up his eye patch, and his crow eats food out of his eye, or some shit like that. So he's a completely overlooked character. As a, that's probably why I didn't mention him throughout all of this. Um, but his name's Hobby, and he kind of he 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 jumps in in front of these men. And says, all right, kids, now's your chance. I'm going to take on these motherfuckers. And he's a super badass fighter. I mean, he beheads a whole bunch of them. But he knows he's going down. He says, get on this little speeder thing and take the fuck off. Well, uh, he gets stabbed like 396 times and he's still fighting. But he's, he's getting stabbed long enough to where the kids are able to take off with the speeder. Hobby dies. Uh, kids take off, but then we see that badass bitch, the queen's daughter, what was her name again? Uh, uh, Anora, and she has this giant bazooka thing, and as the speeder's floating off into the sky, she launches her bazooka in a direct hit, and you see them fishtailing down, and bam, that's the end of the book. That is volume one of an extremity. So, oh, that's just the first part. You know the second part's gonna be fucking crazy. We don't know where these kids landed. We know that Nora is this crazy fucking beast. I probably forgot to mention what happens to Shiloh when um, uh, Rolo takes off with it, and uh, it, yeah, it does self-terminate despite. <laughs> The damage already be d being done of Rollo being uh, cast out from the clan and looked down upon as Jerome's son and blah, 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 blah. Uh, it, yeah, and so really, well, in between the time that Jerome's cast out and he's captured, he's really just wandering space with Shiloh's corpse in hopes of it just springing back to life. Because it doesn't self-destruct, it just kind of shuts down when it self-terminates. So that's an open-ended part that's probably going to play heavily into Volume 2, would be my guess. Is you better believe that I'm covering both parts of this book. Um, ah, I was not let down at all. Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer totally delivered. The, the art style is just as amazing as Murder Falcon. The story is is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. He's not a one-trick pony, uh, but he does know Brutal. Brutal is Daniel Warren Johnson's other middle name. <laughs> but, yeah, now that's that's what I got for train negotiations on this episode, guys and girls, and whatever else. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. Please go out and pick up this book in trade form. I think it's only, was it, $16.99? Best 16 Oh, dude, what a fucking bargain. I got it for $10. At, uh, I got both of them for 20 bucks at Comic-Con. What do you know? Sorry, not Comic-Con, Denver Pop Culture Con. I'm not allowed to say Comic-Con in Denver. Uh, yeah, so go out, read Extremity, fall in love with Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer, then read Volume 2, or wait for me to read Volume 2, and I'll tell you about it. Then go read Murder Falcon, and be prepared to meet one of the best uh, comic duos in comics. <laughs> That's all I got, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate y'all listening. You guys read responsibly. Cheers.
Alright, for all you podcast nerds out there, I'd like to remind you real quick and fast that you can get paid to actually listen to podcasts. Yeah, you heard me right. Go to uh, your Google Play Store, your Android Store, wherever you get your apps, and download an app called PodCoin. And you can actually earn money, real money, gift cards, all that good stuff, Starbucks, Target, all that good stuff. As you listen to podcasts, and all you have to do is listen. You don't have to do anything special, but I can get you started right off the bat by entering promo code COMICS after you download the app, and we'll just hook you up with 300 coins right off the bat. Start earning immediately. And it's not just Cheers to Comics on there. All your other favorite podcasts are on there as well. So as soon as you're done listening to the latest episode of this podcast, go over and listen to all your other favorites and continue to earn. So... Use promo code COMICS, download the app, and yeah, get yourself some money. You could also donate to charity as well, so whether it's for kids or animals or whatever, you can do all that good stuff. So feel good about yourself listening to a podcast.